0: So fourth and goal for USC. Trips right, right single man to the left. Williams in the gun, Jones remains to his left side. Play clock is at 11. Williams motions out to his right, Washington in short motion from that side, here's the snap, Williams back throws left, this one is caught for the touchdown, Brendan Rice, they went right back to the back shoulder throw, this time Rice snatches it in and scores, and with 11.27 to go, it's Oregon 36, USC 20. An absolute laser from Caleb Williams on the same play to Brendan Rice, not giving the defender a chance that time. Bridges on the opposite end of a good play as Rice snagged it away from him and got across the goal line. An absolute laser, thanks to Westwood One. Kayla Williams has yet to declare his intentions.
1: Well, that we know of anyway. Wait, wait.
0: yeah, he might have submitted paperwork, but he isn't telling us that he did because of the drama know that his father is in charge of a lot of what's going on, and he's apparently deciding to take a non-traditional approach to his representation. Okay. Well, a draft analyst for The Athletic, Dane Brugler, was on Molly and Haw this morning with Gabe Ramirez and Marshall Harris. And Marshall asked Brugler, where, if Justin Fields were in this draft class, knowing what we know about him, where would he fit?
2: let's put him into this draft class. Let's just you okay. know say the, the Justin Fields that we know uh, that we've seen the last three years, let's put him in this draft uh, with the, uh, you know, we, we have to keep in, keep in mind that he won't be on a, he'll be on a rookie contract, but only for another year. And then, you know, the fifth year option, they need to consider extending him. So that's, that's part of Justin Fields. And with that attached to him, uh, that that's where it makes it a little bit complicated. Cause I've always said with the, with the bears and the number one overall pick, it's not, just a football decision. This is a financial decision. Um, you know, it's about uh, resetting the quarterback clock. And with Justin Fields, it's it's not quite that easy. So my thing with with Fields has always been just you know scouting him at Ohio State uh, through the draft process, and now in the NFL, um, it, it's just things are too methodical. Um, yeah, he's gotten better in some areas, but spe- especially from the pocket for a guy that's a four four athlete, uh, things are just way too methodical in the pocket. And with some of the decision-making and I, it's just, it's, he has not taken the steps as a passer that convinces me, okay, yeah, this guy is worth a hundred million dollar contract. And I'm, I'm willing to trade the number one overall pick to, uh, you know, to bet on fields and bet on a hundred million dollar contract. So I, I still think that I, I, even though fields has made progressions and has shown the improvements that gives you optimism if I'm Ryan Poles, I'm loving that because it helps his trade value, and I have a chance to uh, get something of value, multiple day two picks. Um, but you know, there's a reason that there's not a team uh, in a top ten willing to trade a top ten pick for Justin Fields because, you know, again, it's it, some of the question marks on the field, but it, the fact that you do have to pay him uh, coming up here pretty soon. So, with all those things, with factors considered. Uh, you know, it it does make it for a a complicated situation and, but if you're the bears, I think that's why it's just, it's time to move on. It's a chance for fields to, uh, you know, get a a new situation, uh, you know, new, uh, new expectations from a different fan base and just kind of, and if it works out great, it doesn't mean the bears made the wrong decision. It's just that maybe a clean break is what's best for everybody.
0: Marshall, I heard Justin's the fourth, maybe fifth best quarterback in this draft.
2: I mean, that's what I heard debatable, right? right? I mean, it's it, quarterbacks. I think, you know, fans think that with quarterbacks in the draft, there's this consensus board that all teams are using. It's it, it, that's, that's just not, not true. I mean, it, every quarterback board looks different, especially, you know, that Justin Fields draft. Uh, I know some teams like Zach Wilson over uh, Trevor Lawrence at number one, you know, everyone beauty's in the eye of the beholder and especially true at quarterbacks. So it's just, it's different from team to team. And when you look at this quarterback class with Caleb Williams, Drake May at the top, um, and, and then that's where most teams have those two guys in different order, but those two players at the top, and then it becomes a little bit of a, okay, who's quarterback three? Is it Jaden Daniels from LSU? Where does JJ McCarthy, 27 and one as a as a starter, coming off uh, national title run, where does he fit in? Is he quarterback three, quarterback four? Uh, you know, Michael Penix, Bo Nix. So, yeah, it's a really interesting quarterback class, and that makes the, the field conversation even more interesting.
0: And as we await the decision from Caleb Williams or news of it, Brugler also explained in detail this declaration deadline.
2: Today, the 15th, is officially the deadline. There's no time deadline in terms of, you know, noon or 4 o'clock. It's just anytime time today. Uh, if you're an underclassman and you have not done so, You have to submit the paperwork to the league office uh, indicating your uh, intentions to uh, enter the draft and then there's a 48-hour period where you can um, take that back pull your name back out of it and then on friday uh, the league will release the uh the last uh list of underclassmen but unless you publicly announce it yourself there's no way for anybody else to know that you actually did uh enter the draft so it's really on each player to, to announce themselves until the official list is released by the NFL to the teams.
0: So my question, Dane, is, is it a real thing that he could stay at USC, Caleb Williams? That's what people in Chicago want to know.
2: It'd be a pretty big shock. Um, I don't think anybody, uh, you know, it's just talking to people in the league, talking to people in the agent business, people who are around this uh, situation, nobody expects any type of, uh, you know, last minute, Uh, You know, I think I'm going to go back and, you know, we saw this with CJ Stroud last year. He was one of the final uh, players, underclassmen to announce on the final day on the deadline. Um, You know, he he did play uh, more recent football, so he had a little more of an excuse uh, with Caleb. I don't know if this is just a, you know, kind of why some of the top high school the last to sign, you know, they kind of want the spotlight a little bit and maybe that's what this is. I, I, I really don't know. It's, it's a little curious, but at the end of the day, um, I think everybody expects him to be part of this draft class.
0: All right. A little curious, but you know, the way things are now, a little curiosity leads to all sorts of conspiracy theories and rumor mongering and blatantly false reporting about what Williams wants and doesn't want as far as his future. Even there are some who believe that he actively doesn't want to be a Chicago bear. And this was how Brugler described his feelings in that regard.
2: First off, most of the, these rumors are, or are more rumors than fact. And a lot of it is not coming from Caleb himself. It's coming from his camp. Um, or, you know, the, the, the rumors at least, um, And this is a player who, you know, his football journey has been meticulously planned out since he was 10 years old. Um, His dad and some of the, the training that he has had over the years from middle school to high school to college, um, but you know what? It hasn't always gone according to plan. Uh, you know, he started out at Oklahoma and then Lincoln Riley takes the job at USC. And so uh, they have to pivot and they end up transferring. And um, you know, there there was a chance he wasn't going to follow Lincoln Riley. He was considering other schools as well, but they decided to stay the course and um, it worked out. All right. Obviously Caleb won the Heinz and trophy that next year um, in, in this situation, when you're the projected number one pick in the draft, The team picking number one is picking number one for a reason. You know, there's there's something about the team that made them have the worst record uh, in the league. Now, this is a little bit different because the Bears, they didn't have the worst record, uh, but they own the pick that uh, the worst record has. So if you're Caleb, instead of going to the team with the worst record, you're going to a team that at least showed life uh, down the stretch, especially with the way they played. Uh, you have a defense that looks like it's ascending. You have an offense with a, a stud wide receiver an offensive line that still some question marks, but it's getting better. Uh, it, it's better than it was last year. It's better than it was uh, two years ago. Um, so I, I think you look at that, you think of, uh, you know, Ryan Poles, what he wants to do with this roster. The fact they have another top 10 pick in this draft. Uh, I think there's plenty of reason to be optimistic uh, if you're going to the bears for that number one pick. So There's going to be a lot of noise about uh, Caleb Williams and what he wants, and these rumors. I up until I hear them come directly from his mouth, I I just kind of take it with a grain of salt, and because it's and we kind of hear this every year. Um, It's not uncommon for uh, players that are in a position of power to all this noise come out, and uh, a lot of times it just proves to be unfounded, and it works out the way it should work out.
0: It's not uncommon, but NIL has changed things.
1: It has. And let's not forget Caleb Williams' words himself. What was it, uh, October, when he, he talked about and his dad discussed the concept of getting an ownership stake? And I think it got taken out of context a little bit, don't you? But what he had to say about permanence and I think having more agency was valid like the desire to have it and the desire to, to have some more um, uh, gravity in your own situation, I think there's unfortunately a terrifying but very sports radio-friendly conversation we really could have about whether or not you would postpone your draft to not be drafted by the Bears if you're a quarterback.
0: That's why until he declares... This is all going to keep – it's all going to continue. I fully expect him to, by the way. I do not – I expect the, the reasonable thing is going to happen, and he is going to announce that he's in this draft. It might be eleven fifty nine fifty nine 59 tonight.
1: For him, well, if he's still in L.A., it'd be like eight fifty nine.
0: And actually, he could announce it any time. He, I mean, at, or he could just not say anything, and then we see if his name is on the list Friday. So there really is no deadline for him. As long as the paperwork's been submitted, there's no way for us to know. So he could, they could keep radio silence as long as they want until Friday when the list comes out.
1: I got to say, if I knew that I was that good and people liked me that much and I still had another year of eligibility and I knew that the inevitability was being drafted by the Bears, that I was a quarterback, I might think twice. Not
0: just a quarterback you'd be a quarterback coming to a team that is doing their stupid hiring again where they keep a defensive head coach and they get some warmed-over offensive mind who isn't at the top of anybody's head coaching list to be in charge of your career.
1: We'd seen it in baseball. Mark Appel famously comes to mind, and that is not a good example of what happened. Your job as a quarterback isn't just to get drafted high. It's to secure the second contract.
0: Which is why you don't want to wait a year because then you're a year away from the second contract.
1: Yes, but do you get a better contract on somebody else's team? Maybe.
0: Lastly, Dane Brugler went down the actual strength, the actual quality and depth of the blue chip players in the draft. Because remember, the Bears have two picks at the moment. They've got one and they've got nine. nine. So what? how deep is your love and this draft?
2: This is a good year for blue chip players, and, and that's not always the case. You know, like two years ago when uh, Travon Walker went number one overall, like that was a year that didn't have a ton of blue chip players. Uh, this year, I, I do think we have quite a few. I, I think I probably have seven. Uh, talking about Caleb Williams and Drake May at the top, the two quarterbacks, um, the three receivers, Marvin Harrison Jr., Malik Nabors, uh, Roma Dunze, uh, throw Brock uh, Bowers in there. And then uh, you know, really, the two tackles, Joe Al Olufosinu. So, what is that? Eight eight players that mm-hmm. I think are, are true blue chippers. Um, and you know, I know the Bears are uh, picking <laughs> number nine, nine <laughs> right now, of course. But you know what? <laughs> hey, we'll, we'll see. There, there there might be a quarterback that goes. You know, Jaden Daniels could absolutely sneak into that top uh, top eight picks, and that'll push another player down to you. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting. I, I, the, the receivers will be really interesting. Will the three go in the top eight? Or will one of those three receivers that I just mentioned, would they be available to Chicago at nine? I I think if if one of those receivers is available, that would make a ton of sense to pair a rookie quarterback with one of these really talented receivers. Obviously, Marvin Harrison Jr., everybody knows about. He's not going to be there at nine. Um, Malik Neighbors, I don't think there's a huge gap between Harrison and Neighbors. Neighbors just doesn't have any weaknesses. He really doesn't. He's not the biggest guy, but he's certainly big enough. He's explosive makes plays after the catch wins at the catch point. Uh, You really see his seven on seven background uh, on his tape with the way he plays. It's really impressive. And then Roma Dunze, the way he plays through contact, the way he can get open, very quarterback friendly. Um, And so I I think any of those three options would be awesome for the bears at nine. If they get there, I think that will be a big question mark that we talk about throughout the process. Will any of those three receivers make it all the way to nine I I would say it's probably a 50-50 chance. I think there's a good chance all three are gone, uh, but there's at least a a chance that uh, one of them could still be available.
0: That was Dane Brugler. And there are a few people who know maybe nobody who knows more about the draft than he does. So always interesting to have him on at this early stage.
1: The beast is worth every penny. Every single penny. Especially for us. Previous versions, and then I look at them later.
0: We should bring you this little bit of news as well, because I think the headline may not have represented the sentiment correctly. Yes. The headline on Pro Football Talk by our guy Michael David Smith is this. Bills tell fans to wear waterproof pants and boots in snow-covered stands. Okay, that's the headline. Can I read the actual quote? Yeah. This is what the Bills posted on social media. Tell me what the difference is between the headline and what the Bills said. The Bills said our snow removal crews are working relentlessly to remove as much snow as possible before kickoff. A reminder to all fans attending today's game, please dress appropriately for the cold weather, including waterproof boots and pants.
1: what's happening there
0: what's happening is they didn't say waterproof pants they just said pants they <laughs> said waterproof boots and pants right so they didn't say waterproof pants they just said make basically pants wear pants I, I don't know if the Bill's mafia was considering wearing waterproof boots and no pants but th- this is the the way they've actually phrased it. Including waterproof boots and waterproof pants, or pants and boots that are both waterproof. They said, "Please dress appropriately for the cold weather, including waterproof boots and pants." Like, don't don't you dare come with no pants on! I know you've got enough for an army today. You're you're nothing but pants.
1: I have two pairs of pants on. I I have my five boots.
0: All I have is one. I just have one pair of my fleece joggers on today that have been that have changed my life. They're
1: to cozy. simply to
0: simply tell people to wear pants, I don't think is is that crazy because there was some idiot. I can't remember which game it was this weekend. Uh, it was the, the the Kansas City game with Andy Reid's frozen mustache, where there was a guy with no shirt on that that was on the camera. Like, what right. are we, well, what that are we doing? Oh yeah, the
1: Dolphins fan
0: was that? Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: I saw that. Yeah, like, that, what are
0: we doing? That happens all the time.
1: That's uh, you know, that's that's owning everybody. That's showing that you're okay with this. I actually don't even mind it. Like, if you're if you're gonna assume that risk for yourself and you feel emotionally charged to do so, like victimless crime, you're not hurting anybody by taking your shirt off at a game, except maybe you. But. I did always laugh at the uh, post pandemic shot of this dude sitting in like the very expensive seats in Pittsburgh. Like he was like an older dude with like gray hair. Yes, in a Cubs completely game. Completely shirtless sitting there. It was a Cubs game. You <laughs> he expected in like the less expensive seats, but it was just a whole attitude. Yes, it, it was like an
0: old fashioned Cubs bleacher bum. Yeah,
1: and he's just in yeah. the expensive seats. And just the concept of that point from going. From wearing face coverings and everything, we had on to this guy just free and easy. And he wasn't even around anybody. It was, no. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite things because of the, the level of ridiculousness.
0: And speaking of Cubs, Megan Montemuro is on the beat writing about the future of Christopher Morell, finding out what we learned at Cubs convention. She's going to join us in just a moment. So keep it here. Bernstein and Holmes, Layla Rahimi in for Lawrence today on The Score.